Welcome to Sense You Asked, a podcast where we have authentic conversations built around your questions on life, biblical Christianity, and occasionally completely random topics. Now here's your hosts, Ben Farley and Ben Van Hyden. Well, hey, everybody, and welcome back to Since You Asked, Episode 7. I am sitting here alongside my co-host, Ben. Well, hang on. Oh, this isn't Ben. You are much more attractive than Ben Van Hining. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, uh, we have a special treat for you today. Uh, in the studio with me is none other than my very own wife, Janelle Farley. Janelle, how are you? Hey, I'm good. How are you? I, I'm much better now. I, I will say, um, you know, I enjoy Ben Van Hining, and he, he's a good friend, great co-host. Uh, but you're a little easier on the eyes. Now <laughs> Sorry, that could ben. be that could be good. It could be bad. I may be may get a lot uh, more distracted. So uh, no, it's good to have you here. So the reason Janelle is here is kind of twofold. Um, one, because we have a special episode for you today. Um, we're actually recording this at night. Uh, in our kitchen. So if you hear some kids running through or something like that, yeah, it's because we're at our house. Um, but Ben and I's schedules just didn't really line up this week to be able to record a typical episode. And so we decided to take some of the uh, more personal questions uh, that lean more towards the family and marriage and and uh, being a, a pastor's family type questions. Uh, we decided to take all those, compile those, and bring Janelle on to uh, give some insight into our life uh, together and uh, in ministry and with our kids, because uh, believe it or not, we've actually gotten quite a few of those questions. And so uh, we're going to take some time and answer those uh, this evening. Of course, as you hear these, it'll be uh, Wednesday uh, afternoon, probably sometime. So I hope you enjoy these questions. It kind of gives you a sneak peek, a little bit of behind the curtain into our life, uh, what it's like um, being being us. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Not- and let's be honest here. How nervous are you to have me on? As far as not knowing what you're going to say? Yeah. Oh, nine and a half out of ten. <laughs> but, you know. He very rarely invites me to do things. Well, oh, no. When it comes to me talking. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, no, I I love doing things with you. Oh, but yes. But, yeah, you just never know what you're going to say here. So, you know, with Ben, we've got a script to go on. And um, here it's like, this could go off the rails at any moment. But well, it's going to be fun, that's for sure. Yes, and I so, know a lot about you, but there I'll, we go. I'll keep it contained. Yeah, we've got a lot more episodes to, to do, <laughs> so don't give it all true. away in one. <laughs> So this is episode seven. Um, Every episode, what we have done, and we'll continue to do on this one, is celebrate certain national days. And so, uh, again, we've always gone back to this idea that uh, in our culture today, every day is a day we're celebrating, and every day is a national day of something. So you can celebrate literally every day if you want. And so today, uh, as you listen to this, um, it is Wednesday, June 29th. That's when this will be posted. And uh, so there is some uh, there's some pretty fun holidays uh, that you can celebrate today. Or, you know, if you're listening to this later, you can go back and celebrate it retroactively. So first of all, today is National Hug Day. Now, I did not plan that because you are here with me this evening, uh, but you know God works in mysterious ways, and 
here we are. So um, now in the description to this holiday, National Hug Day, uh, it listed three different categories of hugs. The friendly hug, the familial hug, and the intimate hug. So my question to you is, Gosh. which one do you prefer with me? <laughs> yeah, you have to specify. <laughs> Probably depends on the moment and oh, time. Yeah, that's fair. Day or... Yeah, that's that's a good point. Okay. So, you know, at any point in time, if we want to celebrate, you know, we'll, we'll hit pause and <laughs> that's fine. So, um, but the irony of this is while we have no problem hugging one another. Right. We're not really big, touchy-feely people We're just not. in general. Our um, kids seem to think we are, though, because... Well, yeah. I mean, we, we do with our kids and, and all that. but And I think families are different, too. Like, my family is pretty huggy. They are, yes. Um, certain but sides of your family... Are not. Are not at all. Like, no. like just don't ever touch me. Mm-hmm. And, and we love them all. You know, it's not saying anything like that. It's just different styles. Of, raised and, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So... Um, but neither one of us are really huggy people. Um, I think being in ministry and ministering to people has kind of warmed me up to the idea that I have to hug some people. Yeah. Uh, some. You hug people every Sunday. I mean, yeah. maybe you don't hug them, but they hug you every <laughs> Sunday. <laughs> well, I have perfected the art of the side hug. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I like, I'll do the one arm side hug, you know, there's no need to go full frontal here. Let's, let's keep ourselves at a distance, protect ourselves here, but I still feel some sense of being in control when I've just, you know, I'm just on the side. So, um, yeah, I, I love people, but I'm just not a big touchy feely guy. I like my space. Mm -hmm. Um, so today is national hug day. You celebrate that, um, any way you want to. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, today is also not just a, a national day. It's also an international day. Today is International Day of the Tropics. Uh, I like that day. Yeah, we missed the boat on that one. Uh, quite literally, we, we are not on a boat. So, um, yeah, so we have been almost married 10 years, almost a month to the day um, away from 10 years. And what did we say we were going to do for our 10-year anniversary? Go to Bora Bora. We're going to go to Bora Bora. We were going to stay in one of those overwater bungalows. Yep. <laughs> Have you been hiding those tickets from me? <laughs> I, I wish. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe 20 years. Yeah, I'm thinking 20. You know, our kids will be a little older. Yeah. Right now we have four kids, seven and under. Our youngest being five months. Not exactly ready for an international trip. No, and we're not taking four kids over a <laughs> over water bungalow. In those small tiny huts, can you imagine? <laughs> yeah, just, no thanks. <laughs> we could bring an air mattress and <laughs> set them, you know, tie it. But can tie you really rope to the picture <laughs> our son? Beckett. No, he would be in the, the ocean. <laughs> no doubt. So, you know, unfortunately we're not really <laughs> celebrating that, um, but we are in spirit today. Now here is one that we could celebrate. And, you know, at any time we can we can start celebrating this. Uh, today is also National Waffle Day. You like waffles. That's a day we're celebrating. And and one I would not just limit to one time a year. Um, so I think I told you about this, but I can't remember. I had, I've got, I have a lot of great pancake waffle experiences in my life. Um, you love sweets. I do. But perhaps none greater than one I experienced a couple of weeks ago. Um, I was in Greece. I don't know if you remember that. Do you remember <laughs> sure me do. being gone 10 days? <laughs> I do remember. Okay. 
So I was in Greece and we stopped at this little gelato shop uh, and, and they had a sign advertising these crazy looking waffle pancake stack things. There was one that was a double stuffed Oreo cream pancake waffle stack thingy. All that to say, I don't know what it was actually called, but it, but it was delicious. It was made with like normal frosting, icing type stuff that was mixed with the stuff inside of Oreos. Oh my. I've had some experiences where I feel like this is quite literally heavenly. Like I feel like this is one of those foods that will uh, last into eternity because it's so good. That was one of them. So, you know, the, the great feast of the Lord, when, whenever that happens, I have to assume that a double stuffed Oreo pancake stack will be on the menu. So, so it would be a good menu for you anyway. It would be. How do you feel about waffles? I mean, I like them for breakfast, but I oh. mean, every once in a while at a hotel, you know, they have the waffle makers there that you do on your own. I'll, I'll eat one of those. What is it about being in a hotel that you eat? different foods than or or just <laughs> more foods than you would ever eat at home like we would we most of the time wouldn't wake up in the morning and and make a waffle no not unless they're like the eggo waffles that you throw in the toaster right i wouldn't be eating hard-boiled eggs necessarily i, w- I wouldn't make them that morning um you know, probably not going to eat a bowl of cereal and, and yogurt and have an English muffin. <laughs> but when I'm at a hotel, I'm probably eating all of them. I'm pretty sure our kids sample about 20 items and eat about a bite of each item Yeah. when we're at a hotel. Yeah, and we're much more wasteful in hotels. Yeah. I guess we're paying for it, so <laughs> not really. So. I'm sure that's included in the price. So National Waffle Day, celebrate the way that uh, that you desire, but I don't know why you wouldn't celebrate that. And finally, uh, this is this is no coincidence. Today is also National Day of Joy. You know what? I'm just sitting here thinking if I could hug you <laughs> in the tropics while eating a waffle, that sure as heck produce some joy in me. <laughs> Hey, I have a question though. What brings you the most joy? You. (laughs) Now, would you answer that if Ben Van Hynen was sitting there? How would you answer that? You know, (laughs) Ben brings me joy, but but not as much as you. Uh So no, I would I would probably defer to you and and my children. So um, nice job. Yeah, there we go. Maybe you'll make me some waffles later now for that answer. <laughs> you just never know. <laughs> so, okay. So we've been asked some uh, family type questions. And so we thought since Janelle is our special co-host today, uh, we would go ahead and rapid fire answer some of those questions that people have asked, uh, give you some uh, pulling back of the curtain in our life, our marriage, our family, uh, and just what, what a day, a week in the life is like. Uh, for us, not that it's super exciting or anything <laughs> like that, but but I do think people are always curious about what does life look like for somebody else. Like I perceive right. that that looks differently, and so um, you know we're here to answer that it probably doesn't look all that different, but uh, we'll do our best to answer. So the first listener question that we've got is how is life different as a pastor and his family, and and so let me just put this in here. Um, I haven't always been a pastor in our marriage. So we've been married almost 10 years now and eight of those, I have been a pastor. 
but two of those I wasn't. I was in the corporate world. So what is life like? How is it different as a pastor's family for you? And how is it different from when we were in the corporate world together? We've always, our whole marriage, we've been pretty strong Christians. So I wouldn't say that our relationship has changed all that much. Mm-hmm. Um, when it comes to our marriage and you being a pastor, but I guess in public we have more eyes on us. I would feel like if yeah. we're, uh, you know, going on a walk or at Walmart. Yeah. Definitely at church, people recognize us pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, we may not know your name, but you're going to know our name. So I guess just how familiar we look yeah. in public to people. And I would like to think they aren't judging our every move, but I feel like some people may yeah. look at us, have higher standards for our family and Yeah, our higher expectations for yeah. sure. Um, which isn't bad. I'm. We hold our kids to a, a pretty high standard anyway. Not that they always meet that. Um, <laughs> no. Are we, are no, no, we can testify they don't. <laughs> our kids are not perfect. Um, but we do try and educate them and uh, warn them that, you know, they are being looked at differently and they do need to think about their actions in public and, you know, just not just as pastor's kids, but as Jesus followers, you know, we're asked to um, shine our light for Jesus no matter where we're at. So I feel like they need to know that at their young ages too, that um, they don't have to be perfect, but they need to be on their best behavior as often as they can be. Yeah. I think, I think you're right. I think just being a, a family in ministry, um, it does come with some sort of higher expectations of, how they would act you know if if uh, one kid is throwing a fit in a walmart and they're not a pastor's kid and another kid's throwing a fit in walmart who is a pastor's kid which that's not a hypothetical situation that's happened to us many times um which i have a story for that and i you know which one i'm yep, talking about exactly so we um yeah i think one would be looked at like oh that's a pastor's kid and they're throwing a fit like that well, but they're both kids. So the story that uh, we we need to share because this is hilarious. Now it was horrifying at the time. I had I think I had just started. Yeah, I, well, no, it would have been probably a year into mm-hmm. my ministry, and um, we were at a Walmart in our town, and I guess even back then, Walmart used to have those quarter rides. And you don't see many of those anymore at Walmarts, but uh, they had those little little cars or, or horses or whatever that you'd stick a quarter in and they'd move for 10 seconds and then your kid would cry because they didn't want the ride to end. So I don't think we had a quarter on us or something, but our oldest daughter, Bella, was one or two, yeah. probably closer to two at that time. And so she hops in this car at the Walmart. We don't have a quarter, so we can't make it go. And so we, we let her sit there for a little bit, and they were like, okay, it's time to go. She throws a holy fit. And do you, what did she yell? Remember what she yelled? Ben is holding her like a sack of potatoes over his shoulder because she's kicking and screaming, and she's yelling, don't take me. Don't, don't take, take me. <laughs> and so we clearly look like we're trying to steal her um from people that aren't her parents when really we are her parents and so she's our first and you've i don't know you have extremely high expectations for your first and 
here we are in Walmart getting all kinds of looks, of course, because, oh, yeah. you know, people are staring at you as you look to be stealing a kid. Yeah, right. That does draw some attention. Yeah. Yeah. But knowing Bella now, it's really not that shocking. She's still pretty headstrong. She's pretty headstrong, pretty dramatic. And I think one of the things we've noticed, and we can get to this in a little bit, but we've noticed that uh, all kids are very different, even of your own. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I, I think I think the expectation piece is definitely different. Um, the other part is, I, I think, especially the people that are a part of the church that you pastor— they feel like in some ways that they are a part of your family yeah. in a way. And and that's not a bad thing. I don't say no. that like it's a negative. That's a great thing. Um, you want that because you want to have those relationships. You want to love those people. Um, so a couple of weeks ago, we, I guess a little over a week and a half now, um, we stood in front of, of our church and said that, uh, we had taken another. I had taken another position as a lead pastor at another church in our uh, in our area, and sometimes you don't recognize right away how much they identify uh, as being in a close relationship with you until something like that happens. Um, the response was hard, hard, heartbreaking, bittersweet, like joyful, all those mm-hmm. rolled into one. But you're like, man, these these people really cared about us. And, um, you know, and it's just because I think in a lot of ways they start to identify some part of their life with you because you have hopefully poured into them spiritually and and loved them and been there for them. And and so that is a hard thing. Mm -hmm. So that's definitely uh, a piece of that too. You have more connections with people that, um, Quite honestly, they may feel more connected to you than you do to them. And that's not like you like them less than they like you. It's just you have 400, 500 people you're trying to minister to, whereas you are their one pastor. Right. I think that's part of the the difference there. So anything else that's different? I would just, I don't know, conversations I have are probably more on the innocent with, you know, my closest friends, you know, they've had some more difficult, more real conversations with me. But people that I just talk to every once in a while probably off the bat won't tell me their deepest, darkest secrets or things that they're ashamed of. Yeah. Be- just because, you know, they want, um, they want to appear... Well, they're guarded. Yes. Well, and like they have no issues because I'm the pastor's wife and I'm, and I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think it's that they, they want to appear like they don't have any issues or they don't want you to get the perception that they have issues, even though we know because we have issues. We have issues. And that's one of the things that when we got into ministry, I tried to make that very clear to a congregation. Listen, we don't have it all together. Yeah. We need Jesus just as much as you. And so I don't, if you're listening and you don't know me, I'm here to tell you, get to know me because I will be real and honest with you. And nothing you tell me is going to freak me out or make you judge or make me judge you for 
actions that you've done in the past. Because we, have, we have listeners in 15 states and seven countries. Do you want them all to get to know you? Yes. Okay. Send yeah. her an email at... No, okay. Call me. <laughs> no. Yeah. I, I think you're right. Um, and I, that, I think that's one thing I've always appreciated about you, not just because you're my wife, but <laughs> but your the way you approach ministry is like, I don't want anybody to have the idea that, oh, Janelle can't relate to what I'm saying because right. she's a pastor's wife and, and, you know, they, they read scripture for 12 hours a day and, and their, you know, kids are singing hymns all around the house while they, you know, put themselves to bed. That's right. Uh-huh. Yeah. That does, that does not happen. Does uh, not full happen. disclosure, we've had to start this podcast over because <laughs> our kids keep coming in and, and wrecking Vince things had for to go us. Scold them a couple of times <laughs> and then we come in and restart. So yeah, that's not always happening at our house. Yeah. Probably like ever. So. Yeah. We want to be, but we want to be authentic. We want people Absolutely. to understand like we are real people who are sinners just like you yep. uh, who are in desperate need of a Savior in Christ. And so I think that has uh, been one of the things that we've tried to continue to stay authentic about in our ministry. Uh, a sub-question to that, um, the listener asked, what is it like being married to a pastor? <laughs> oh boy. Here's where this could go off the rails. <laughs> Well, it's exciting and fun. Ben, Ben's a really fun guy, if you don't know that about him already, just from listening to the podcast. So you did get the show notes I sent you what to say <laughs> earlier. Yes, yes. <laughs> no, he um, he keeps life interesting. Like, you really, I feel like you've gotten his personality through the podcast, but yeah, to try living with him. It's even another level of exciting and fun, but... <laughs> He's also super competitive, so that's yeah. a fun note. But which can be a downfall. It can be. I'm nursing. Had, uh, I'm nursing a very, very sore hamstring, two sore shoulders from church softball that I had no business playing in. But in our marriage, really, how many golf clubs or baseball bats have you broken over your knee? Oh, in our marriage? No, none in our marriage. None. No, Major. baseball bat. I, that would that would break my leg now. <laughs> I'm pretty sure like we were engaged or something and you broke a special one or maybe it was just a story. No, that was in me. college. I told you about that. But yes, I did I did. Well we break. were together in college. I'm not that far. Yeah, off. but we weren't engaged yet. Oh, I guess that's true. But I, I probably have broken a couple golf clubs since I know you have because we've bought more, <laughs> so you can't fool me. Yeah. Um so what what I'm hearing is it's just a party all the time. And <laughs> sometimes it's difficult because what you may not know about Ben is he's a huge procrastinator. So there's a lot of Saturday nights that we give up. Which I'm getting better at. <laughs> you Thank are you very getting much. Better. But let's be real, too. I've driven you when we were younger mm-hmm. to many of your, this is before he was a pastor. He would do like Sunday night church services or weddings or whatever it was. I have driven him there so he could write a sermon. <laughs> He's given me a look, but I'm being totally real. No, that, that is it, true. That it's completely true. Yeah. Yeah. I was not very good at time management back then. He's gotten tons better. Yeah. But there are some Saturday nights where... The Every Lord, once in a while. The Lord hasn't spoken to him yet. Yeah. See, it's the Lord's fault. It's not mine. <laughs> Just waiting on the Lord. 
So it's, you know, and I mean, another part of not just being a wife, but a family, we have lived at the church. I mean, multiple nights we're up there being supportive and, um, being at the events and we're not asked to be, but we want to be, we want to be supportive of other ministers doing their thing and, or checking, you know, the baptistry or turning it on. If there's a, you know, multiple glamorous stuff. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that's that's a great segue into the next listener question. So uh, they ask, how do you maintain balance between church and home? So let me, I'll, I'll start on this one. Um, I think one of the things that we've really tried to do is, because I've heard so many horror stories of pastors who quite literally gave their lives to the church, and I don't mean... Of course, I want to give my life to Christ and, and be available for Him. But there are certain times where you need to spend time with your family. Right. Like, not certain times. You need to spend a lot of time with your family. And you're good at that. And, and I think that's one of the things, because of those stories, I have tried to make sure, like, I'm not, I'm not spending seven nights a week at the church. I'm not, I don't have to be at every event, um, and which is one of the things that is sometimes hard for people to understand in within the church. And right. it's like, no, the pastor doesn't have to be at everything mm-hmm. because the pastor also has a family that, you know, that he doesn't want to grow up and resent the church. Um, I, I've heard so many horror stories of, uh, you know, dads who will are pastors and will basically ignore their families and, and almost cheat on their families with the church. I know that's kind of a strong statement, but it's kind of true. And so we've kind of made the commitment that um, we'll do, we're going to be generous with our time to the church, um, be available to people, but we are going to protect time uh, for just time for you and I, and also time for our family as well. Well, you've had Fridays off, well, your yeah. whole, so far, yeah. your um, entire um, career as a pastor. And so our daughter was born three months after you became a pastor. Yeah. So we've had all four of our kids um, in that time. So he is every Friday had a kid <laughs> with him and yep. then a kid and then another kid. One of these days I'll be able to get back <laughs> into golf again. But <laughs> And so I feel like that's a sacrifice you have made sure. um, for our family. Um, it saves us. I mean, just off the top, it saves us money because we don't have to pay a sitter on Fridays. But more importantly, you get to spend that time with them. They call it Daddy Day. Super sweet. Yeah. And we are actually, you know, two, our older two, Bella will be in second. So you haven't had those in a while with her. And then Beck is going to kindergarten. So it's, it's over for them. It's over. Daddy Day is over. Yeah. You do realize how quickly time goes in those instances. And, but don't you worry, you have two more. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Which is great. Which is great. I, I am excited about that. But I think, I think it all boils down to the fact that my family is my first ministry. You know, and it's it's our ministry together. Um, if we're not pouring into our marriage and we're not pouring into our kids, um, they probably, you or them, are going to end up resenting the church. And, and I don't want that because that's not healthy then for the ministry at the church either. And so uh, it, it just works better. And I think this is the way God has designed this for the pastor's family to be his first ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I want to spend the most time with you, and and I want to spend the most time with our kids. 
most of the time. And, <laughs> and, you know, and then still have, then I'm energized to be able to give more of, of myself and our family's time uh, to the church as well. So, okay. So number three, and, and this is a big one. How do you keep marriage and raising kids fun? Well, I already explained that you're a fun person in general. Well, so. I think the audience has, has <laughs> really taken a hold of that. They've they've got that. I mean, just the other day, one of our nephews called you his favorite uncle, which, you know, probably meant his favorite person in a way because I'm always second best to mm. not our kids necessarily, you know, because mommy's the favorite to Bennett. She, mm. she yeah. makes that yeah. clear. But, you know, a lot of people will talk about Ben and how funny he is, so. So, how do you keep marriage fun by just me being the fun guy? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think I, I think the question, like, that they're trying to, to ask, I'm assuming, I'm, I'm kind of reading into the question, but um, how do you keep life from becoming mundane and stale? And this isn't like just a ministry question. This okay. is just marriage and family in general. How do you keep those things fun? So I think for one of the things that you and I try to do is not taking ourselves seriously. That's what I was just getting ready to oh, say. Oh, man. Nice. I'm glad I got that in. I was just going to say, don't take everything so seriously. There's a lot of hard things, especially now in our world, that we have to deal with. And it's on our shoulders. And I feel like, yeah, we, have, we talk about them, but mm -hmm. we also don't try and just... I don't know, hold on to that 24-7. Like, we try not to talk about super hard things in front of our kids. So, yeah. Yeah. so in front of them especially. Not, not so they're ignorant, but we also don't want to steal innocence from them or give them the impression that, that there is no joy or there is no, no light in in life, which, which there is. I mean, because yeah. we have Christ, whatever this world brings, we're going to be okay in the end anyways, and that should give us joy now. And and so I think you're right. For us, like, we don't take ourselves too seriously. Like, we're, mm -hmm. we're pretty... We're pretty open and honest about like everything. Ben knows my every thought I've ever had. Well, so, that is true. <laughs> I mean, yes. If, if I'm not saying it, I'm texting it to him. I mean, I call you quite often, so... Mm -hmm. He loves it. I mean, he's, oh. he's looking at me now. He absolutely loves when he gets my 20,000 texts a day. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yep. So <laughs> I don't know. I Kind of segue, I don't know if this is another question, into just marriage. And I feel like it is super important, though, to be honest in your marriage. Yeah. And obviously have all the trust in your marriage as well. Yeah. And that is something you do when it comes to ministry and you talk to all kinds of people about all kinds of issues. You were really good about keeping me in the loop in a way. Yeah. Not I think on things that, that I can, you know, yeah. you can tell and, and all that. Yeah. I, I agree with what you're saying. Cause I think the, I think with us having that trust in one another, it also opens us up to have more fun. Like, because we, we do know each other. We're not keeping stuff, from one another and that allows us to be more open with one another like we'll have people tell us and and please do not take this as we've got this whole marriage thing figured out because <laughs> oh gosh. that is not the case whatsoever no. uh, it's not to say there aren't hard days and yeah. hard seasons and and all that and that we don't 
fight and get aggravated with one another. Not very often, but no, we don't. But I mean, but there are some. I feel like there was one the other day, and I can't even think of it. But I see, it must not have been a big deal. I can be headstrong. I'll admit it. Yeah. I, can, I can. I like. I'll it. admit she can too. So. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I mean, that's true. I can be very set in my ways and, um, yeah. it's not all the time, but I probably gave it to our firstborn, even though I don't like to admit that. Um, so I'm not, I'm not, yeah, we're definitely not perfect and we have our issues and we do fight every, now yeah. and then. but we, we do know we made this commitment with God in our marriage that we will not give up on us. Yeah. Well then that's, that's one of the other questions. Um, what would you say to a couple contemplating divorce? Now, what I would say is this. I'm going to just go ahead and assume it's not something that is a biblical grounds for divorce. Right. Um, that's this is that's a whole nother conversation, um, probably for a different podcast, but um, a, a non-biblical ground for divorce. What would you say to the couple that is contemplating that? Because of something like, I just don't have strong feelings for them anymore. I don't feel like I love them anymore. What would you say to them? And that, unfortunately, in today's world is common. Yeah. I, I don't know the statistics, but... Um, it's I, almost 50%. And how sad. Because most of those marriages have kids involved, I would assume. I would say a lot of them. And I feel like once you have kids... Well, first of all, it's between you and your spouse and God, if mm-hmm. you're Christian and you know you want Christ in the center of it, that's going to help tremendously but also what i was saying is if you have a a kid or more than that involved it doesn't just involve you two you're affecting other lives and so when we first got married we said divorce is not an option yeah we will do everything we can and to make it work and now there's some days i don't like him i mean he's aggravated i went from the fun guy to this (laughs) Yeah. I mean, if I'm being real, he yeah, probably doesn't yeah. like me sometimes. I mean, don't it's put just, words in my mouth. <laughs> I love him always. Don't always like him, and it's just you know, Agreed. just yeah. My hormones are wacky sometimes. Women, you know how it is. He has oh, no. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so you know, there are days that I'm probably more dramatic than others, and other days that he's grouchy, and so that we butt heads. But I feel like you have to always. Every day you wake up knowing that that's not an option. I mean, right. You know, we will fight through the, the issues, the, whatever issues there is. Yeah. I mean, there's yeah. a multitude of them that could be in not necessarily our marriage, but any marriage. Yeah. When you have two imperfect people coming together to live together, do everything together, mm-hmm. it's hard. Live together after they're married. After the wedding, I, correct. <laughs> I, I mean marriage. I know what you meant. I know what you meant. No, I, I totally agree. I think, um, I think reaffirming that commitment on a daily basis is not that we, not that we stand in front of one another and repeat our marriage (laughs) vows every morning, you know, after we brush our teeth. No, but it's, it's, it's a conscious, a conscious effort to remember we have made a covenant with one Mm -hmm. another and it doesn't matter if, uh, you're giving a hundred percent and I'm not, or I'm giving hundred percent and you're not like we, we didn't, we didn't base our covenant on how much we felt like the other was putting in effort. A covenant is, that's a contract. A contract says like, Hey, I'm only in as far as you are. And if one of us doesn't, doesn't hold up our end of the bargain, this contract's null and void and we're out. Unfortunately, that's the way a lot of marriages today are treated. 
but the the marriage is a covenant and a covenant relationship is not dictated on what the other party is doing so the the ultimate example of that is the the Jesus's covenant with us Jesus has made a covenant with the people who would trust in him that he is their savior he his blood has covered their sin it doesn't mean that we've always held up 100% of our bargain i mean the reality of the human heart is it's much closer to zero than it is 100 but he is still there because it's a covenant relationship and, and the marriage is supposed to reflect that. And so um, just because I may, may not be giving everything or you may not be giving everything, it, it's not a, it's not a relationship that is able to be dissolved based on the perception of what each party is bringing to the table that day. Right. And I do, like, it's, your marriage is going to go, you know, it's kind of cliche, but go through hills and valleys. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like one of our deepest valleys was when our daughter Bennett was born. Mm -hmm. It was something, um, she was born 35 weeks, um, five weeks early. I had preeclampsia with all my babies. Yeah, I still had four. Kind of crazy, (laughs) but... Um, she was born early. We weren't expecting issues, but she came out and wasn't breathing on her own. She, in the middle of the night, they shipped her to a bigger hospital about two and a half hours away. Mm-hmm. Um, I had to stay back at the hospital because I had a C-section. And so Ben went and he got to spend what a day and a half with her before mm-hmm. I could go. And, um, she ended up being in the NICU there for 22 days. Those were hard days and And serious days, very serious. I mean, I'll try not to get emotional here, but, um, I can, I can almost recall every sound that was in that room, every beep of the monitor, the way she looked like it was yesterday Yep. and everything we, Ben and I, like I told you earlier, talk a lot. We didn't talk. No. Deeply for 22 days. It no. was small talk. Yeah, cuz we were constantly we were constantly checking on her, or constantly talking to a doctor or or talking on the phone to one of our other kids or being interrupted by a monitor yes. again and and yeah, and so juggling we our two. We had a 4 and a 2-year-old. Bell and yeah. Beckett were 4 and 2 at the time and so trying to juggle them, give them back to our parents and then back and forth to St. Louis and 22 days of that. And so I feel like that was a, we didn't realize it at the time we were in survival mode. Yeah. I mean, we really were, we were in survival mode. I was going to say earlier, we, I remember getting a phone call. It was midnight. My phone goes off. We're back in our, and spending time with our older two kids. So we were back at home. So we're two and a half hours away from Bennett at the hospital. And I get a phone call and, and they say, she's not good. I mean, that's what they say. She's not good. Okay, well, you know, you read into that, but I'm thinking, what do we do? We got clothes on mm-hmm. and drove. I mean, that's all you do. Praise the Lord. She's, she was fine. I mean, they got her through it, and he got her through it. And she's a happy, healthy, yep. <laughs> spunky <laughs> baby. No, <girl>. she's <laughs> hilarious. She has the, I mean, she has her dad's personality for sure. But, but in that time, looking back, we, our marriage, didn't necessarily struggle, but looking back, I do, we didn't necessarily use each other like we probably should have. Yeah, I think that's fair. And we fought more. Mm-hmm. We were silent with each other. Yeah. We had stupid fights then, but I mean, stress related, but. I think one of the, 
one of the things that came out of that, that, that God used somebody to speak into me, and I don't know if you were there to hear this or not, but I know you've heard <laughs> this, uh, you've heard this quote, but um, somebody told me that your marriage has an enemy and it's not your wife. And, and it's not to say we were on the brink of collapse or anything like that, but it was a, it wasn't a good time in our marriage. And I think, I think we were, we were taking that stress and that anger and that anxiety just out on the ones that we felt most comfortable with. And that was each other. Mm -hmm. And when you start to realize like, whoa, no, this is my, this is my wife. This is who you know, this is my partner in life, not my enemy, then it starts to change that perspective. But that's, it's tough. Yeah. I mean, especially when that's your baby laying there and he and I are two of the people that love her the most in this world. And we're both struggling with, you know, and thinking what if and what, what could happen. And so, yeah, I would think that would probably the, would you agree? Yeah. Probably the hardest thing we've gone through, but you know, and then then you deal with the other things because a lot of a lot of couples do go through a a big event and that that kind of crushes their marriage because they um, because they take it out on one another and and we understand that uh, conceptually, but then there is the other side of things where people just say, well, I I just don't really. I just don't really have that, uh, those sparks or that butterfly feeling that I used to. Mm-hmm. And to that, I would say, yeah, join the club. You know what I mean? I don't, well, hang on, Seriously? hang on. Let me, oh boy, I just <laughs> stepped in it. What I mean by that is you're not going to be in the honeymoon phase forever. No. We, we are, I think we have a deeper love and admiration for one another and are more comfortable with one another now but it's not the just pure emotion driven type things that it was no. when we first got married. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. So that's what I meant by that, babe. <laughs> I still love you very much. But you, you've got to realize like it is more than emotion. Yeah. Like love is a commitment. Love is work. You have to try. Yeah. You do. You have to get up and try every single day. Yep. Yep. Because and we have. I don't, you've probably already realized that this in this podcast, but we have two totally different personalities. Yeah. We, opposites attract. Yeah. That's us. Yep. (laughs) When it comes to food, (laughs) I mean, you name it, we are opposite. So you said already I was fun. What is that? What are you trying to say? Are you seriously? I think you're fun. No, you said you were the opposite. I think you're fun. I I see. I'm more outgoing than you are in certain situations. I'm not a public speaker at all. Yeah. And I love that. Like I'm a teacher, so I talk to small children. Yeah, all the time. I would never get up in front of a crowd and speak. Like that is not. I won't say never because then God will make me do that. But <laughs> it's typically not what I want to do. Yeah. But he is really good at it, so I feel like I am supportive of him doing that. Yeah. But it's not something I want to do. Yeah, that's understandable. And what else are we opposite in? Um, I don't know. Um, I th- I think the way we react to certain things, <laughs> like I get, oh, I- I'm super calm. Okay, I've on told- most on most things where you can be more <laughs> dramatic. Dramatic. It's just okay, but I have to tell this story. I know which one you're gonna tell. Go okay, ahead. so our son he has asthma. We didn't <laughs> know it at the time. He um was almost two. Uh huh. 
and woke up not breathing well in the middle of the night. Not we at th- all. we yeah. thought he was crying, so Ben went into his room and checked on him, but what he was doing was gasping for air. Yeah. And so freaked us out. I mean, completely cuz up until this point he'd had no issues with asthma. We had no idea he had it. So this was like his first outbreak, I guess. But Anyway, Ben brings him in. He's really struggling to breathe. We knew we had to take him to the hospital. So keep in mind that day before, we had gone shopping. And so Ben knows that we got to take him to the hospital. It's like 1 a.m. He goes to his closet. And (laughs) and I'm not kidding. He comes out in his brand new outfit, like tags and all, still on it. (laughs) And I remember looking at him and I'm like, what are you doing? Like, He's like, I, I don't know. I don't know. We just need to go. I'm like, well, we don't need to be super fancy. You haven't even taken <laughs> off the tags. Like, I had like a nice long sleeve shirt <laughs> and very nice jeans. But I want to say they were like jeans or even khakis. Like it was legit. Was I that fancy? You were well, pretty fancy. Well, let's also say that. Um, He's a slob. No, that, that no, that wasn't what I was gonna say. Okay, well, that's what I, I, was, what I was gonna say was in the <laughs> in the middle of the night. I do not think straight. No. They all come to my... Well, sometimes they come to your side of the bed, but they never get fully... Yeah, I am I am a bear between the hours of oh, like time. 2 a.m. to 4 a.m. From from that point, I'm pretty tired, but I do well with no sleep. But uh, yeah, I don't always think straight. And apparently also, I'm a slob. So... <laughs> hey, I mean, you don't admit that? You don't think you're a slob? Well, that wasn't what I was going to admit in that moment, no. Okay. But. Well, I thought you were going to talk about your closet and Here how there was only oh, that well, on top. That's well, that could it. be true, yeah. So anyway, I always give him a hard time for that. He did end up changing and just putting on a hoodie and sweatpants and we went <laughs> and Beckett's fine. Praise God. He has an inhaler now, but he's good. But anyway, yeah. Yeah. So, um, okay. So let's, let's wrap this up. Um, I know they're probably so sad. Yeah, right. <laughs> so let's end with what is what is one big lesson that you have learned in marriage in, or raising a family uh, or, or being in ministry or all of those? What's one big lesson that you've learned? Big lesson. Hey, don't blame me. Blame the, the viewer or the, the listeners for the question. That's a tough question. I feel like that's a lot of pressure. Um, do you have one? Maybe you go and I'll think of something. Um, get over yourself. <laughs> That's the big lesson I've, I've learned. I, I've, in in ministry, it's not about you. It's oh, about Christ. Yeah, I agree, yeah. In your marriage, it's not about you. It's about serving your, your spouse. Uh, in raising your kids, it's not about you. It is pouring into them uh, and raising them up. So thank you. Um, I had to redeem myself if you <laughs> called me a slob. So, <laughs> well, I mean, I'm a smart slob. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying that it's the worst thing ever no, that you could I, be, but it is the truth. It and, is the truth. But yeah, it, it's not. It's not about you. So, what would you say? I mean, I agree with that, and and you brought this up earlier, but when it comes to that, I feel like we've learned this in our ten years of marriage. Whereas before, we would like almost tally, like you put up the dishes mm-hmm. and so I would need to fold the laundry it's like right. a, you got you have one I have one type yep. thing keep score keep score yes and so I feel like we have gotten better but I also I'll admit this I told you you're a slob so I'll admit one of my faults I get things in my head that I expect Ben to do mm-hmm. and if you don't do them then I'm mad at you when mm-hmm. I really didn't communicate that you wanted to do them 
Yes. Let me clarify that to, to kind of give you my perspective on that. Okay. Um, you get something in your head and I could do a hundred other things, yeah. but if I didn't do that one thing that you had mm-hmm. expected me to do, it was as if I did nothing that day. Yep. So, yep. Um, I, I, yeah. I so know. what's the lesson in that? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Wives, no. <laughs> Tell your husbands clearly what you want done and you won't have any issues. I've learned that. I feel like yeah. I have learned that. Vocalize your needs. Yes. But a lesson, I don't know. Be yourself. I mean, I know that's kind of cheesy, but I feel like in any type of job, but especially in ministry, it's important not to put on a facade. And mm-hmm. and I don't want people to look at me and think she has it all together because maybe some days I do, maybe, but other days, definitely not. So I just want you guys to know that I need Jesus just as much as you do. Yeah. And put a lesson. I'm really struggling with that. It's a teacher. I think, you, I think you've given like three already. So <laughs> I don't feel like I have though. <laughs> I think you're good. Yeah. Be yourself. That's a great one. Well, it is, but it's kind of cheesy. Also, don't be so hard on yourself. That's a great <laughs> lesson. <laughs> with parenting though, I want to say something about that. I don't, okay. I don't feel like I talked about a lesson with parenting. Um. I don't know. Our our kids are all different. Yeah. And I feel like you have to Oh, I know. Okay, so in in education, you teachers know this, you have to individualize your lesson plans almost per student, and I feel like in parenting that's important too. So, you I may parent Bella differently than I do Baker or mm-hmm. Bick and Bennett because they're all different, so that's not really a lesson either. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, no, I think that is. You you have to, to tailor that to your kids' personalities and, and the way they react because uh, we, can, we can just say this, like some of our kids respond to spanking. <laughs> uh, some of our kids, that doesn't work. Like they've got, a, they were born with a callous behind yeah. for some, some strange <laughs> reason. So, more stories, but um, I won't go into it. So yeah, I, I, you, you do have to uh, take an individualistic approach because they are, they are different. Uh, but they are all a blessing. So, well, hey, I think that is going to do it for this episode of Since You Asked. Um, again, thanks so much for listening. Uh, if you would do us a favor, um, and so many of you have done this. Uh, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, uh, would you leave us a five-star rating? Leave us a review. Uh, if you're listening on Spotify, leave us a five-star rating. Subscribe to the podcast. Click that bell uh, in the upper right-hand corner that will alert you to when a new episode of Since You Asked drop. That helps us uh, to be seen, to be more visible to more and more people. And we are closing in on a thousand listens, uh, a thousand unique listeners uh, to Since You Asked, and that would not be possible without you. So from the bottom of our hearts, thank you so much, and we'll see you back here on Since You Asked. Thanks for listening to Since You Asked. Join us next time as we tackle more of your burning questions.